dedication, discipline, passion, sacrifice, rise and rise again. Welcome to Any Given Chance. Lukey Dipper, yeah. my man, Lukey D, how are you? Um, welcome to the podcast, Any Given Chance, as, as every, all the listeners would know, or the new ones out there, finding stories of sacrifice and passion behind the scenes, what actually goes in to be able to achieve those goals and the success. Mate, um, your story for me is, is very motivating and, and inspiring because you do have to sacrifice a lot. But before we jump into that, let's just, let's just go into who you are. Um, professional jockey, uh, you've had some time off in the middle there. You've won a premiership over here at the Gold Coast along with, uh, when, once you completed your apprenticeship, you've cleaned up another premiership there. And now just chasing that consistent dream back here when you're, how old are you? 29. 29, back in the game and, and looking to get some, uh, some winners, basically. So, mate, if for everyone out there, just um, let them know, you know, how you got into racing. Uh, you know, anyone who sort of knows your last name knows that your your old boy was was a gun. You, you can look up his record on, on Google and it's, you know, this far yeah. along. So, I guess it was just thrust. You were there from it, day one, basically. It, it was, like, um, I was sort of always around horses. Uh, I think both parents didn't want me to ride initially. Uh, my yeah. mum, more so than anyone, sort yeah. of saw the pitfalls, and obviously, like this is a game of the top sort of one or two percent. Really, everyone knows them, and then the rest sort of struggle. And there's weight issues, there's falls, there's broken bones, there's yeah. everything. So she never really wanted me to be in it. But as a kid, I sort of grew up and watched the old boy, and like yeah. I couldn't have a better mentor or a role model yeah. as a kid. And and that's all I wanted. I just want to be a jockey. I didn't understand it. I didn't know how much hard work it took or the sacrifice you had to make to get into it, but that's all I wanted to be. I wanted to win the Melbourne Cup, I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that, I wanted to win premierships. But um, I think the turning point was, uh, he sent me to New Zealand to get a bit of a feel for it, uh, a couple of times on school holidays, got the bug instantly, um, turned into a bit of shit at school at the same time, like that sort of 12, 13 year old mark, and um, I was getting to the point where I, uh, I was getting detentions and get ready to get expelled, I think, if I was doing much more. And he basically said, listen, either sharpen up and go to school or I'm going to ship you off to New Zealand. You can do your apprenticeship and like, jog on and be a rebellious... Lo and behold, school. I said, yeah, I said, good luck to you, ship to New Zealand. And um, probably the best decision he yeah. ever made for me. Yeah. Uh, it was tough. I was 12, 14-hour days. I was with a brilliant horseman called Alan Jones at the time. Um, and, yeah, he, he worked the ass off me. It was tough. It was... I hated it. Homesick. I was a kid. <laughs> But, um, so how old were you then? When I went? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was 13. I was probably about three or four really? months before. Yeah, I, I was three or four months before. I might have, no, sorry, I would have been 14. Would have been uh, about six months before I turned 15. Uh, so you had to be 15 to ride in races. So, yep. yeah, got the boot, did all my trials, getting ready to ride races. And yeah, I was sort of, looking back on it, I was probably too young to go. But yeah, it was, a, it was definitely eye-opening. Well, that's it. Like, I've got branching out into something different not only sports but i've got mates exactly the same and myself who was you know school wasn't for them at all and one of my mates former work carpenter now same thing 13 you're not doing any school ripped him out started his apprenticeship at 14. um he's running building high rises by the time he's 20. Yeah. you know and i'm talking like all the major buildings in there the former work carpenter, he's building 30 story things by the time he's 20 people are like how the hell is he going? Yeah. yeah so i see the opposite end of that 
um, and people going to uni, you know, they finish school, they go to uni, they get a hex debt, then they come out and they've got no, and they're 30 with 100 grand debt where yeah, if, if, we're, if we're doing what we're doing, finishing now, getting, hitting the ground yeah, running. It's each to their own. Like, I was never going to be a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah, or like, that's it right. Just, yeah. I just never had any aspirations to do it. So, yeah. And I've got mates that are still studying. Like, they want to be neurosurgeons or, yeah. or, or high-profile lawyers, lawyers or barristers, whatever they want to be, and they're still studying, which is great. Like, they know what they want to do, yeah. but, mate, if I was sitting behind a desk or in a classroom, I'd just, yeah, be I'd zone out. That's just not me. Yeah, so off to there, um, ship back, and then that's you. you, you're in racing. I guess you're still very young at the age when you come back, and very light um, as we dive into the podcast. That's definitely something we're going to be talking about. Um, you being such a, a bigger jockey and a tall jockey, controlling your weight and what you have to do. So, yeah, you come back from NZ, you've got the bug, where do you go from there? So I come back, uh, long story short, my mother got quite sick when I was young. Um, she was on the coast at the time. Uh, I'd done all the trials and a couple of races in New Zealand and the old boy decided to bring us back to Marianne Thexton on the coast, be close to the mother. Mm. And it worked out well. She had a big team of horses. Um, she put me on, I was flying. Weight was up and down at that point, but I could ride light enough, had the claim, I had a bit of luck. She was using me and obviously it was good to be close to the family. Yeah. But um, yeah, it sort of bloomed from there and then pushing 18, I think sort of, the hormones kicked in and my weight just skyrocketed from there. Yeah, right. I just sort of pulled the pin for a good, what, three or four years. Okay, so what did, where, where'd you go? What did you do for three or four years? In I, um, I actually went to, I went to France to a bloke called Richard Gibson. They had their, the way that they run their apprenticeship system over there is a bit different. You only have to ride winners, you don't have to do a certain amount of time. So I could have gone over there, been a senior jockey, ridden heavier, all of that kind of thing. So I took the opportunity, I went, had a world of fun, uh, ride in minus 14 degree weather <laughs> but um it was brilliant it was eye-opening uh wouldn't change it for the world but it was just hard to try and get the ride especially in a country where i couldn't speak french and an interpreter and it was just a nightmare so and young dumb young dumb full i was of energy, 18 i just i thought i knew everything yeah. it was just yeah it like it, it worked out but it didn't work out at the yeah. same time um from there ended up in england under luke kamani and I was trying to apply for a license there, but at the time you had to ride a Group 1 winner as a foreign jockey to hold a worker's permit and uh, being 18 and, and not having one, it was just impossible to get. Yeah. So, and then I just sort of, not lost the plot, but it just lost a bit of interest. Like it was too hard, it was too hard to ride. It was the weight was getting up, it was cold. So yeah. I basically had a gap year or a gap three or four years and sort <laughs> of worked in a real estate agent, wrote a bit of work, made a bunch of lifelong friends. I was living in Newmarket, living in London, like it was, like you can imagine, I was 19, 20, 21, free, living in Europe, doing, doing whatever, you want, doing whatever yeah. I want. It was it was gold, but uh, yeah, the the lifestyle has to end, and the visa ran out, and I uh, I come home and sort of so, got the bug again. Yeah, right. So you come home, you're carrying a fair bit of weight after being able to ride a little bit heavier over there, back on the beautiful Gold Coast, and got the bug. <sighs> How? Like, how was the decision to go? All right, I'm, I'm really going to jump into this. I'm really going to have a go. Was it? Was it? Uh, I'm either going to go be a real estate agent or get a job and do that, or I know what I'm doing in, in well, horse riding. Well, coming home, like, come, I think I was 21 when I came home, and 
I just never, it was never a thought, like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do for the next 50 yeah, years? It was right. just like, get up, it was week to week, I was mucking around with my mates, I was having a good time. Like, you go to Spain on the weekend, you come back, blah, blah, blah. It was just, like, it's mental. Yeah, so no, one's, been, no one, yeah, no one really, like, no yeah. one knew what they were doing next month, let alone what they were doing in 10 years' time. And I think coming home, and, like, the old boy gave me a kick up the ass. I was like, what are you doing with your life? Like, yeah. And he actually got me a job with a mate of his in an office, and, like, I lost about two weeks. I was like, oh, mate, not a chance. And not I, doing this. Uh, not what were you doing? Was, what were you doing? Mate, I was working. I was actually working for a bloke. Just it was like cold calling, basically. Oh. It was yeah, and it was like it hey, paid the wages. Do you need an umbrella? Yeah, but it was just like you want to pull? Yeah, can you <laughs> see you later? Like, yeah, 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 more explicit than that. But basically, yeah, yeah. and and I sort of went screwed. I went back and wrote, wrote a bit of work because like it was easy and you could earn good money. And the weight started coming down. I moved to Sydney to write a bit of work. I thought I'll go down there. I'll sort of see what contacts I can make and. Yeah. I didn't even think about sort of coming back and riding. I was just sort of, maybe I'll get into training, maybe I'll get a foreman's job somewhere and just sort of see how it panned out. But I got on the scales one day and like I was hovering around the 65, 66 mark and I was sort of 60 kilos, 59 kilos. And I thought, mm, it's not great, but it's doable. It's doable, yeah. So like got off the beers, got like a bit serious about it, just let it come down and, and the weight sort of plateaued. It, it made sense to give it another crack. and. Luckily enough, the old boy pointed me in the direction of a bloke called uh, Craig Ritchie and he only had a small team at Warwick Farm, but he was willing to apprentice me and from there I sort of got back into it and it was a hard slog being in Sydney, like, yeah. I went months without riding winter and I was just punching around and it was just, you know, the boys down there, so I could imagine being a three kilo kid trying to get a ride, it was just impossible. Not, yeah, not going to happen. But, so for, for everyone who's out there um, who doesn't know too much about racing, obviously Victoria and Sydney and Australia is basically the pinnacle or the high point. Um, a lot of group ones, a lot of lot of tough jockeys, and a lot of great trainers are all set up base and, and, and camp there. Not not to say that Queensland racing isn't standing out on its own at all, but you know that's a, a lot harder ground to break into in town, especially in town. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like yeah. the, even the way like I was going four and five hours to Orange to have two or three rides yeah. just because. Your top profile jockeys might not go out there, your top sort of five or six, but you're still getting those eight, nine, ten boys going out there to ride yeah. on a Tuesday or something, and it makes it Trying tough. to get, yeah. So that's, that's the other thing with racing as a sport. You can do everything right. You can train your ass off, you can get your weight right, you can study all the form, you can understand the tracks, you can do everything, and then it all comes down, I think we were speaking about this before, to someone's decision, whether they like you or not. Basically. Yeah. Basically, and, like... And, Obviously, yeah. obviously that's in any sport, but there's no, there's no ranking. Like you don't. Okay, I've beaten this bloke, so I definitely get. Yeah. To go here, like you could imagine if they brought that in. You got a jockey ranking system because once again, uh, going down a rabbit hole, horse racing doesn't stop. No. It's a 24, 24 hour, twenty, you know, day in day out, every day of the year, three hundred sixty four. I think they have Christmas yeah. Day off. That's it. And if if you have a week off. Or even if you're injured or anything like that, you're back to square one. If you're not that top 1% who's built his name and got his name and they're willing to risk you being unfit or anything like that, put you on the back of the horse, you're back to square one again. So how many times do you reckon you've had to hit reset and, and miss and oh, go there? But it's, and, and sometimes it's not even your choice. Like Everyone's going to have a break at some stage. Yeah, like, correct. Like, everyone's going to have a holiday and that's not even... like You might have two or three weeks off, but it costs you maybe two months in the long run because you yeah. miss all those horses coming through. But... It's more so that 
like I've broken my neck, broke my back, broke like I've had three, six months off here and there, and it's just like your weight balloons, you come back, it takes you six weeks to get fit, and then it takes you another six weeks to build up rides. Like you go on the races with one or two rides because like you're riding work for someone and he's the only person putting you on you. Yeah. Two rides on a Saturday and like you're trying to get back into it, your morale's low because you can't get rides, you can't yeah. get winners and like it's just it's a mad cycle. It's not like yeah. you just come back in and people think, Oh, you go on holiday, you come back and you get eight rides on a Saturday. Might happen for the top one percent, but yeah. even they find it tough. Like yes. there's And same thing, out of form. If you know, I've seen top line jockeys be out of form and then just everyone hammers them, you know, gets on the part and they lose that, that thing and you have to really go back to hard work or, or whatnot. And it, once again, it, it might not be through what you're doing behind the scenes. It might be the caliber of horses that you're getting in. And people don't see you training, what you're doing, cutting weight, what your, your diet is or how mentally focused you are. They'll just see, oh, he ran fifth here, he ran last on that one, he ran yeah. 10th oh, on it's that just, one. It's a, no, he's not riding any good. A lot of them is just a statistics game. Like no one even, yes. a lot of them don't even pay attention to how they, like you could have a 100 to one shot and run second on it. Yeah. And like, could have given it every chance, best ride you could have given it, blah, 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 and everyone goes, oh, well, you didn't ride a winner. Yeah. Well, Which is, right. and that's the game. Yeah. Or like, you could be on a twenty shot, and it runs into a wet track, and everyone's backed it because yeah. they think it's unbeatable, yeah. and it just doesn't handle it. Swallows its tongue, it, you're something feel, stupid like You're that. one out, one back, give it the peach, pull it out, let it go, and it falls in a hole, and yeah. you're like, well, like you said, swallows its tongue, it bleeds, like, Does I've anything. got sprays on Twitter for horses breaking down. Yeah. How's, how's that? Social media has bought uh, ability for nuffers, absolute fucking nuffers to get in contact with you. Um, it's so hard these days, isn't it? And like, I've said it before on one of the podcasts, like Wigo and, and the boys, they've shown me some of the messages that, that they actually cop and you're just like, what what stage are you in your life, mate, to be able to do that? So I guess that's another thing that, that you have to put aside, you have to get out of your head. You can't read into the comments, you can't read into in what's going on, you just have to know that, you know, what your plan and focus is. It's actually, I take it a little bit differently to most people. Like, if I've had a really bad day, I'll get on there and read them because they actually cheer me up. Really? Like, yeah, because, like, I don't care. It doesn't worry me. Like, yes. like, I've had death threats on there. I've had this, that. Like, go get it like you're a butcher, blah, blah, blah. But that, like, that comes with the territory. Yeah. And I find it funny. Like, yeah. especially, I remember one day I went and rode four winners over the road here and, and uh, I think I had five rides in there. And one of them, run, like, the fifth ride run second. Nothing I could do. It was 10 to 1 or something. Just yeah. got beaten by the favourite. And some bloke got on there absolutely plotted me, you're the worst jockey in the world. I just went, okay, maybe any other day you could be potting me like this, but <laughs> I've just literally like I've 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 had a nine like nine point nine out of ten day. Yeah. Like done everything right except gotten beat on the last one like by second and I give it the peach, like in my opinion, like couldn't have done anything more, more yeah. and just a bait. But that's that's the world we live in. Like yeah. you can do a million things right. No one says boo. No, no, that's right. You're doing your job. That's what you get paid well, for. I've, yeah, I've got that mindset now. I think same as you. That it, I don't hear negative at all. Like it's, it's weird. Like even if someone's like yelling at me over a bit of road rage and that and chucking a smile, like, it just nothing can. When you get into that flow mentality and, and whatnot, nothing phases you. And I guess you, you know, you could have fun with blokes like that and seeing how depressed and crazy it's, they are. But you can't beat like if you're reading those things and you let it get you down, then. It's not the right game for you. No. It's not like if you don't believe in yourself and like we all have bad days, we yeah. like I've gone home from the race and been like, fuck, I messed up today. Or, yeah. That should have won or this should have won. But like Yeah. The last thing I'm thinking about is old mate who's had five dollars each way yeah, yeah, on yeah. something that probably couldn't have won anyway or yeah. 
even if I did give it a bad ride, like. Yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of footy heads are speaking yeah. out about that about that now as well. Um, Pappenhausen was one, you know, I don't care if I didn't score this week. I'm yeah. trying to win, like, I'm trying to win. Like, people, and, yeah. and that's the worst part is people think, like, because you don't win on them, yeah. like, instead of it just not being good enough or something going on, yeah. whatever it might be, it's always, if you didn't win, you pulled it up. Yeah, but I guess that has been a stigma from 1960s to 1980s racing, yeah. where what? it was so easy. But that's not just racing. They were, everyone, look at cricket. But look at footy game, yeah. The whole thing, like you go back, like yeah. even I was reading a thing, I think on um, the White Sox in the World Series in like 1912 or something, like eight of them through the game. Yeah. Like that's going back 100 years. Yeah, like, does you're that, kidding, no. Like if you, it happens, don't yeah. get me wrong, it happens, but it's not, we're not pulling horses up in maiden races on a Wednesday because <laughs> you pay $10 on them. That's like, right. Like Come it on, just mate. doesn't happen. And especially with your mentality, like, you don't do this and you don't sacrifice what you got to sacrifice to ride losers or not to be the best at what you want to do. You're not doing this from me knowing you throughout the time. Your focus and your dedication to, to cut weight each week isn't to just get a payday. No. It's, it's, not, it's not, okay, I need a thousand bucks that I need a certain amount of rides. You want to go for group one. You, want to, you, you could have gone another way with your career and your life, which would have been a lot more comfortable, a lot more um, not as challenging with your, with your weight obviously this wasn't the easy path by any means and um, you're not out there to, to lose like most of my mates who are jockeys are fucking some of the most competitive people I've ever met but like, yeah like yeah you have to you can't like don't get me wrong the money's insane the lifestyle's insane like yeah wouldn't change it for the world but mate like we're doing this podcast I'm putting a sweatsuit on in an hour's time I'm going for a two-hour run and then yeah. when I get home I'm getting in a hot bath I'm sitting in it for two hours yeah. and that's before I have even think about having like a cup of tea for dinner. Yeah. So let's jump into that. Let's go. We've, we've, you've been to New Zealand. You, you've, you've got the bug. You've come back. You, you've got a bit of work down there. You've moved home. What goals did you set for yourself when you were back in straight away? To be quite honest, mate, like I didn't really have that high expectations. Like, yeah. Obviously, when I first started, I wanted this, I wanted that, I wanted everything. Yeah. And reality set in. I was a heavyweight jockey. Had to quit. Blah blah blah. And, I sort of come back with the expectations of, okay, if I get 12 months out of it, great. And then if I get to the end of my apprenticeship, I think that was my main goal. I had about two years or two and a half years left. But if I can get to the end of my apprenticeship, I can outride my claim, I'll be happy. Like that's, I've been a jockey, if you know what I mean. And um, I kind of got there and like I was successful at it and the weight was holding out and I just kept doing what I was doing and having a bit of luck and riding winners and it worked out, but then I don't know, for whatever whatever reason happened, weight got up again, made it a bit hard, come back to the coast to ride, and that was my next goal, was just to ride a premiership of the Gold Coast. Yeah. Like, as a senior jockey, I was happy being, like, number one here, and that was the goal. And, it and that was very hard with, um, who's the king of the coast? Dan Griffin. Yeah. That would, that would have been, a, it's like trying to get a halfback spot when Jonathan Thurston's yeah. playing. Like, to steal one off him, or surfing, it's trying to, Andy Owen stealing a uh, surfing premiership of, of Kelly Slater, you know? Same thing, like, so, if, you, if you had a horse going around the Gold Coast, like, you wouldn't even pick it up. Your first person you'd ring would be Griffo. Right, yeah. And understandable. He yeah. just won every race going around. And yeah. It was hard, and I give him a good competition, and, and like, I think I nick one off him, but, like, he's had nine or ten of yeah. them. Like, you just... But how good is it to be able, in the middle of that glory that he yeah. was fastened to go, hey, I got yeah, one pinch from one, you, mate. I got one, you. Like, I was, I was happy to pinch one. Yeah. But, um, like, from there, what, mate, the turning point in my career at this moment was COVID, which yeah. is crazy. Like, a lot of people went through some hardship through it, but it blossomed my career. I, I got on uh, Chris Waller's radar, and... Yep. 
from being fourth or fifth string there, riding a few winners on those fourth or fifth string horses, it allowed me to get the number one job in Queensland, and yeah. I went from... Because right. with COVID, it, you were forced to divvy up your our areas yeah. in racing, wasn't it? So you had to use those local trainer jockeys, and if your horse was there, that was you. So, yeah, so, yeah, they forced you. So the Brisbane boys stayed in Brisbane, and the Gold Coast boys stayed in the Gold Coast. And yeah, and you're able to show, hey, look, this is what I've got. This, yeah. is, this is how I can, this is what I can do. I know the ins and outs and, and whatnot. Really, so to, yeah, I, I suppose I've seen that in your career. I, I remember watching, you know, five years ago or something like that, after you probably nicked that premiership yeah. off Defoe, you're always getting 60 kilo rides. You never see you on anything sort of under you. So always sitting around that 60. And now, once you've picked up these wars, I'm seeing you at 56. I'm, I'm seeing you try and get down even under, which, yeah, is, like, which is hectic for your body. So, so for the listeners out there, um, what? How high? How tall? Are about you? six foot. So. Yeah. So about six. He's about the same height as me. Um, we'll get a photo after this and put it up as well. So for everyone out there listening, I'm I weigh in at about ninety seven kilos. Um, just walking around happy when I'm fit and, and running or doing any sort of athlete sort of thing. I'm ninety one. So you're actually, if you walk around at sixty, what's that? Thirty seven kilos yeah. lighter than me. Thirty seven. Kid, mate, that's that's huge. That's ridiculous, to be honest with you. And um, well, let's let's go into it. How, how do you manage that? Like, if you're sitting around sixty, what's what's it, your training schedule? Mate, like? It changes every day. Like, yeah. well, it changes every month. That's the worst part. Like, say six months ago, I was training heavy. I was running all the time. I was doing what I needed to do. Like, I was always active, always doing something. Like, counting calories, going nuts. And I found I was almost doing too much. Like, I was getting heavier. I was. Not that I'm ever a big bloke going to bulk up, but like just but I suppose an, extra kilo, yeah. an extra kilo of muscle is theoretically like that's an extra hour and a half I've got to sit in a bath to lose it. Like yeah. it just, so about a month ago, I just went, nut. Nah, I'm pulling up. I'm doing what I need to do as little as I need to do yeah. and just letting it come down and reset itself. And I'll probably do that for another month or so, see yeah. how it plateaus itself and then get back into it. Probably won't train just as hard, but like... Yeah. Well, how does that affect your ability on the horse? Because a lot of people think, once again, you sit on the back of the horse, you hold on. You don't. You, by the end of the race, you're blowing. You, it's like it's like a 60-second uh, high-intensity Oh, I rate. guarantee you could get any professional athlete in the world and put them on the back of a racehorse if you could replicate that in a safe manner and that they wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. be able to stand. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, I could go out and ride... When I'm rock-hard fit, I could go out and ride... 100 horses straight and not blow a candle out whereas go for a jog and i'd knock up after sort of five or ten k. yeah it's different they're using different muscles yeah. that's the hardest part go back to like when you have time off or when you get injured trying to get fit again without being on the back of a horse is nearly impossible mm. because you can't replicate what you do no. it's a lot like surfing um if there's a flat spell for two months and you know we go through that here in Queensland we get the, the winter westerlies you go okay back out with a big swell and you're gasping for air completely yeah. different muscles completely different fit. and it doesn't matter if you're running every day yeah. or anything like that it's different balance different muscles locked in and uh, yeah like I said a lot of people don't understand so do you think stopping training and, and, and letting your weight reset does that affect your fitness or do, when do you feel your best when do you feel like at your absolute peak like, what, see the, the good thing about racing and the bad thing is, like you said, it runs 365 days a year. Yeah. So once you're fit and you're rock hard fit and you ride and work every week and you ride trials and you ride races, you'll stay fit. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a point of once you get there, it's so much easier. It's just, just it's like a, a boat. Yeah, it's just yeah. maintaining it. When you've got to start, you go from zero to 100 and that is the worst 
three or four weeks yeah. of life. Like trying to get fit, get your weight down, get sort everything out is just absolutely hectic. Yeah. But once you're there, it's if you're riding every second day or like I'll still go for a run, I'll still go for a walk, I'll still do light things, like I'll go to Pilates and yeah. keep everything like I'll keep everything fit and locked down, yeah. but I'm not flat out three hours, four hours a day training no. because so I, I guess, don't need to be. Yeah, I guess a lot of people can take anything like something like that in whatever they do, whether it's you know, in business or they're trying to start a new project or they're just trying to get that first kilo lost. It's that two to three week period to get started is the absolute hardest. But it's, yeah. it's like any, like if, if you start a business, your first three or five years are gonna be ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Like just gonna pull your hair out yeah. and you're gonna have sleepless nights. Well that's a great sort of algorithm you can use there because businesses you look at long term, businesses yeah. you look at 10 to 20. Losing weight and fitness and training, you can peak within eight weeks. So, you know, you look at the first two, three years of a business, there's always hard work and a slog for a, for a 10 year thing. The first two, year, two three weeks of a, of a fitness program or something like that is always gonna be the hard slog for a, a 10 week sort of, sort of that, program. And that's, if you can get through that breakthrough mark, that's yeah. all it is, like whether it be, I look at it through anything, like if, if I need to get fit, it's the first two, three weeks getting fit. Even getting in the bath and losing yeah. weight, like I, if I sit there and go, Christ, I've got four hours of this. Yeah. But I go, all right, I'll do 20 minutes, I'll see how I feel and we'll get back in. And I'll do 20 minutes like that, I yeah. can do it on my ear. And you work in it, like, you, you take chunks out of it, if you know what yeah. I mean. Small goal like, you're not gonna, yeah, yeah. You, you don't go into business go, okay, I'm gonna have 15 franchises, like, in that was, 12 months. Well, but, that comes back to us being yeah. 21. We would have thought that when we were young. But I, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta have that mindset, like, that's always the end goal, but it's not, yes. like, and that's what you're aiming for. That's but you know, you like, that's not gonna happen in 12 months. But if you have, Two open in 12 months, mm. like yeah. a percentage of the way there. Yeah. And then, okay, you got I, I guess a lot of people um, don't see, when you're in that zone and you're doing that hard work, and say you're sitting in the bath or anything like that, after 20 minutes, you see that you've lost 200 grams, or you've seen that you've, you know, you've built, you're up to a certain point in business yeah. or a certain point. It's very hard to see that as a win or a success because they're so small and gradual. And when you get back to two years or, or when you get to that way, to look back, and say, oh, that's what I've actually done. You need to be able to you know, set a point and recognize that because that's what I found. Finding small wins along the way, I was never happy. I was always wanting more. I was always, it was only when I found time or a way to look back and reflect and go, oh shit, I have done that. I should be happy with that. I should be improved. I don't have to be angry at myself because I didn't get to my next one in time or something like that. You need to represent. And I mean, it's always good to have drive and go forward and whatnot, but you need to be able to, like you said, if you're cutting weight, you need to be able to look back and go, all right, I've got a kilo done. This isn't going to be so hard. I've only got three to go. I've got that one done. But it, it, it is, it's always just a mindset. Like yeah. your body can pretty much take anything. Like yeah, that's, that's what I found. It, yeah. your, body will do, like, your body will do whatever you want it to do. It's your mind that won't. Yeah. Like if you get in there and you're half-assed about something and you go, well, I've got three to lose and you do a kilo and you go, oh, I feel like shit, I'm going to get out and pull a pin. Mm. Like easy. Your body will sit in there and do eight kilos. Yeah. Like you might be on death's door, but you'll do it. You'll fucking Not do a problem. it. Yeah. It's this that you got to get through. That's right. And it, it's like anything. Like as long as you... Like you gotta want to do it, as in the, to the point where it means more to you than anything. Like I know that's hard to say about cutting weight or not eating or something, but the end goal is like, what do you want? You want to ride that group one winner. You want to be successful in the company you've done. You want to yeah. get down to a certain weight, whatever it is. Like if you want it bad enough, you'll get it. Yeah. It doesn't matter like what comes in front, what what steps in front of you. 
like weight's been my biggest issue from day dot. Mm. But people were saying that I wouldn't last past 18. People were then saying I wouldn't last past 25. Yeah, and now, like, even my old boy goes, Christ, like, I didn't even think he'd get to 30. And, like, I'm two months away from 30. And, in, and you know, chasing down the best part of your career. Yeah, well. like, I've never, like, you asked me 10 years ago, would I be stable jockey for the leading, like, in Queensland for the leading trainer in Australia? Like, yeah. I'd be like, mate, I'd love how? to be, but, like, yeah, yeah like, how? seriously. How, how am I like, that's there? the goal, but, like, yeah. and I look back on it and I go, like it's been a dream, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. But every step of your way has basically built up to this point. And exactly, and you said, need the opportunity. Don't get me wrong, you need the opportunity. You definitely need luck, but in saying that, like you make your own luck. That's right. Like you didn't pass up on the opportunity. No, you didn't. You, you got the opportunity, and and you took it with both hands. And you see a lot of that in um, uh, rugby league as well. You know, you, you might only get one shot at the top game, and yeah, the you're in or the next exactly. one's and, up. And the, so. like sometimes too, it's it's at the misfortune of someone else. But yeah. That's just the world we live in. Like someone gets hurt, or oh, someone gets right. suspended, or whatever. Especially it might in be. sports, as good as it is to be a nice guy in sport and be good, but you got to have that ruthless mentality. You but have it, to have that fucking yeah. You know, and it's like, not like it's it, not personal. By you're any not a parent, means. you're not like <laughs> like he's my best mate. Yeah, blah, blah, fucking blah. participation medal. Like by the way, <laughs> some of my best. I ride with some of my best mates, and like they've yes. taken good rides off me, and it's not. Yeah. Like, we've always got an expression, there's no friends on the grass, so yeah. like... Oh, well, mate, same thing, I played against some of my best mates, and mate, I think me and Mooney, um, Jason Moon, were playing a game against each other, I think I was playing for uh, Mackay Cutters, and he was uh, winning Seagulls there in the Queensland Cup, and parents are sitting next beside each other in the stands, and we've come together and tackle, and Mooney's dropped an elbow, done something like that, and me and him holding each other like that, <laughs> yeah, going, and parents are like looking at each other, going, what are these boys, but I know exactly, it's... it's Cross the white line. It's it's professional sports. It's into it. Yeah. So you let you're balancing out now. You rock hard fit when you when you get there. But you know how hard is cutting weight for you? Let, let's let's dive into that. Do you find it easy now that you've got a routine, or is it something that you've got to go? I have to do this every day. Well, you've got to you've got to watch it. See, like I look at some boys, and their mentality is twenty four seven. Like they're one hundred percent watching what they're eating, training every day. And, yeah. and I get that, and I, and I, to a degree I am like that, but I need to have that like cheap Balance. meal, if you know what I mean. Yes. Like I need to be able to go for dinner with my mates or yeah. take the missus out once a week or whatever it might be, and just to reset. Not have like, that anxiety of what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. and I, 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 I'd much rather, if I, let's say I go out on a Sunday night and, and I wake up and I'm 60 and a half or 61 kilos, but I'm happy. Yeah. Whereas if I looked after it and was didn't go out on that night, I might wake up 59 and a half. Like it's only a kilo, but that's massive in ice sport. Yeah. Whereas I'd rather put through the extra pain on the Tuesday night to take that kilo off, knowing, okay, I've reset, I've had a good time, blah, blah, blah. I did what I wanted to do yeah. rather than you're depressed all week because you're like, well, like, yeah, I, I missed I'm out still, on that. I missed I'm, out on that. I'm not riding for four days, but I can't go see my mates because like I can't eat anything or yeah. I can't. Um, not that I'd ever have a massive blowout. Not no. Not sitting there like gorging yourself or having 400 beers. Do, but, do you have times that you just want to go, let me add oh, it, let plenty, me add plenty it. Plenty of times. But like, there's always a way to have a cheat meal without actually having, yeah. like, I, mate, I saw your Super Bowl day. Yes. And we had we had a brilliant Super Bowl day. Thank like, you. we were on the beers all day, Cooking blah, blah, food. blah. Like, food and everything. Yeah. But like, all right, the boys are picking out on you, on all your brisket and that, yeah. and I had a couple of slices, unreal, but yeah. like, they're all drinking beers and shipping away, whereas I might have had a vodka soda or something yeah, like that, correct. and it's, it's just, no so, one notices, but it's like, if I have 15 beers, yeah. I'm 200 kilos. That's right. If I have 
eight or nine vodka sodas, like you're just recycling. Yeah. I haven't put on half a kilo because it's basically just water and you and yeah, you're ready. Little, little like, thing, yeah. So yeah, I guess understanding the food that you're eating would be huge for you. Understanding what is high caloric foods, what's low caloric foods. A lot of people, like you said, track yeah. and something that I did, you know, being an athlete, becoming a fat fuck, I had to learn reset again because my whole rugby league career was eat, get bigger, eat, yeah. get bigger, steak, food, steak, bang, bang. And then when I stopped playing, I still had that mentality yeah. of bang, eat. Cause you You're not doing the training. No, so just, yeah. yeah. I, I was, like, we, we were training, picture this, a semi-professional rugby league player um, chasing the dream of the NRL, of course. Well, we were still working uh, as a renderer, you know, five days a week. Yeah. So I'm burning 2,000 calories through the day. Then I'm training five yeah. times a week so and playing on weekends. It didn't matter what you oh, ate. We, we couldn't eat enough food. Yeah. And there was times where, you know, coaches and that were telling us, go, just have six beers after a game, please. Yeah. Like of the biggest, baddest caloric food, yeah. just so you could keep that weight on. Because as the season progresses in rugby league, you, um, you know, you do all your hard work in the beginning season. It's basically just about trying to stay alive. Yeah. By the end of it, you've got injuries, you're losing weight, you can't gain weight during the season or anything like that. So I had that mentality after thing, after rugby league and blew out. And I really had to reset and learn I knew I always had that mentality in me about, I knew I could get back there. I knew what I had to do to get back there. So I sort of had a, a front foot on, you know, understanding what was coming. But everything I was fed 10 years ago yeah. and everything I thought I knew about food, I've found out I don't do one single thing of it anymore. You know, not once I find out that, you know, Count calories isn't the be all or end all. It's, it's about- And it's a different lifestyle. Like, yeah. like you're saying back then, like, having six beers after a game to keep weight on like i get it because mm. like it's so high in carbs and whatever it might be yeah. but it's just the work you're doing is completely different completely different completely yeah completely different so a day-to-day basis now i'm um i make my only one meal a day but i'll eat you know big red steaks and brisket yeah. as you know which is uh has a lot of energy high caloric food and i try and run on fats for fuel rather than carbs and and whatnot because i find that the the carbohydrates or the small meals like you said you can go get maccas uh, and you're full for 20 minutes yeah. and then you're resetting. So what sort of foods do you eat to, to prolong that? Because obviously you're not, do you do one meal, two meals a day or do you do See, six little ones? This is where it's or? hard in regards to like any other sort of professional sport because I've been to dietitians, I've been to yes. like footy players or whoever it might be and they're like, everyone's got a different system. Correct. Like, let's have six meals a day or small meals or have one meal. But our problem is like it doesn't matter how many meals you have a day or what you eat like there might become two or three days where i can't eat like just simply because i've got to ride light yeah so like it ruins you might have six meals a day on monday small ones six meals a day on tuesday wednesday and then all of a sudden like i'm as light as i can be without cutting weight yeah and all of a sudden i've got well i can't take any more because i've still got three kilos to go yeah so just might not eat so that's the hardest part but i found like it's common sense like you don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize that if you have fish and salad it's going to be easier to process easy to get off your body easier for your body to stay fueled for longer than having something like a maccas or eating anything that's deep fried or yeah. if, if you know what i mean like you don't have to be a nutritionist no. or, or or study food to to understand to understand it like well that's what i find with people with because I obviously do a, a low carb sort of lifestyle now and I find my body absolutely purrs on it. But just replacing a bun with a lettuce leaf yeah. is, is, is a difference between 200 calories and, and five calories. And your body, like you said, can turn it, process it and, and move it on. But even like, like I found too that when I can eat, back in the day when I was a kid, I'd be like, I'd, I'd 
not eat shit, but I'd be like, okay, I'll go for dinner and I'll have pasta. Yes. And it'd be healthy enough pasta, yeah. but you realize like it's just full of carbs, it takes a week to get off you, like yeah. it just sits. Whereas I go, well, like I can eat what I want and I'm hungry, why don't I go have as much fish as I want? Or yeah. I'll go out and I'll have steak and some greens because like half that size of steak will fill me up. Like I'll look at it and go, oh, that won't do anything. I'll get halfway through it and be like, oh shit, like yeah, I'm full. I'm done. Like your yeah. eyes are always bigger than your belly, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. And as long as you're eating stuff that you know is healthy and, and in my world, like that I can get off. And yeah. what I mean by that is if I drink a liter of beer or a liter of water, they're exactly the same weight. Exactly. Stand on the scales, put on the same weight, but I can get water off like that. I'll get water off in three hours. Yeah. It'll just flush straight through. If I drink a beer, it'll sit on me for two days. Yeah. And it's it's a weird concept to sort of get around, but yeah. your body just retains it and holds onto it. Yeah. It's like anything with salt in it, it's the same concept. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. So um, you have in, like, I guess, understanding foods and, and like you said, it's not, rocket science for everyone out there but just trying to ditch that fast food mentality or that and uber eats and all that fuck oh, yeah. people up man because it is just a now an access to to shit like i jump on there sometimes when i haven't cooked for a night i try and find something that will sit well I've with me the same. And there's nothing you can't get anything on there that's you know fresh healthy or unless you go down and sit down like you said get steaks and steak and beans and all that and i think um people out there who, who are battling with their weight need to understand that you know a lot of preparation goes into this and that you need to understand the foods and, and cooking at home and staying at not staying at home but understanding you know programming what you're going to do at home rather than just going oh let's get this let's get that let's but get yeah, this in like it's just and it does it takes some time to get used to like I'm yeah. like, I've got a girl now that loves cooking and she's good at it. Like, yeah. So we'll go, like last night, she's like, what do you want? I was like, let's have fish and greens. Yeah. And she cooked fish and greens and it was brilliant. But yeah. like, it's just, and I get it because I'm not a cooker. How's your body? You, you, you run well off that though? You run well yeah, off like, that? You mate, feel I, good? I, so I had, yesterday I had, I had a coffee in the morning. I had a little like steak wrap, yep. little, like steak wrap for breakfast. And I didn't eat all night till... Uh, we had fish and broccoli and a couple of greens. Yeah. And um, I got up this morning. I won't eat till I probably won't eat today. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on <laughs> depending on what I cut, like I might have, I might go for a run this afternoon, or yeah. I finish with you, and and I might have a coffee. Yeah. And that probably gets so through today. Have you looked into this? Have you looked into what cutting does to like, your body? Does to your kidneys, does to your insides. Because we no. all speak about this, like fighters do this once every eight weeks to get down to yeah. go to fight. You're doing it weekly, but Oh, we're do doing it two or three times a week. When that's exactly right. Like so it, it can't be good for you. Like it, it You I haven't have dove it. into it, have you? Not, yeah, I'm quite, I'm probably a bit scared to, to yeah, be quite honest. Yes. Like um when I was a kid, when I was when I was younger and the weight started getting up, I was doing it wrong in the fact that I'd be sort of 60, 62 kilos on a Monday. And I was trying to ride 52 kilos on a Saturday. Yeah. Like I was cutting eight and 10 kilos a week. Yes. And, and doing that, yeah. and just, and like I remember I was sitting in bars and I'm and I'm like, I just, if I go under here, I can just drown myself. Like just like that, <laughs> like just like that. And talk about like your body will do anything as long as your mind will get you through it. Like I was at the brink of, it was just too much. Like, yeah. Whereas now, like I could probably get lighter if I desperately need to. But I couldn't sustain it, if you know what I mean. Like yes. my problem is, I could probably, if I had to ride fifty-four or fifty-five or something, I'd get there, but I'd kill myself to get there, and then it'd just bounce, and then yeah. it'd just be a headache to, like I couldn't do it three, four, five weeks. Yeah. Whereas now I go, okay, well, what's the last I can be and feel healthy and ride at my best, 
and, and still so, still maintain a job. Like it's not. So yeah, I understand. So you you found that happy zone yeah. of where I can sit. No, I'm not going to go down there. And look, we spoke about this before the podcast. You've lost rides, which would now lead to you know group one rides because you you didn't have that extra half a kilo in you. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's. Like at the time, I might not have known. Like they're good horses going for good races, or, or yeah, and they or, or they were they were unknown horses going for good races, and, and you sort of lost out because someone else could ride that kilo lighter, that half kilo lighter, and then they yeah. won and they won again, and they go to those big races. But that's but that's what, the game what are you, what are you going to do there? You know what I mean? Do you like do you make a decision to to for eight weeks go? All right, I can ride a 54, I'm going to give it everything. And then none of those horses come along, and then you rinse and repeat. Now you're back up to 60, That's and you haven't like, found it's, that. It's yeah. that happy medium, the fact that, okay, let's say I did, I thought it was the next far lap, and, and I got down there, and it ran terrible, it ran terrible, and then I realised, okay, maybe we're all wrong here. Yeah. And I've cooked myself, yeah. and then we're midway through Carnival, and instead of my weight hovering around... 59 60 i'm 63 yeah and i can't even ride yeah, my old yeah. minimum let That's alone right. what i was trying to ride and it and then it cooks you in the long run so you found my that career flow. i've yeah. got i've got a couple of mates to ride now and they're like i oh, just do it like it's carnival get lighter and that and yeah. and the way i look at it it's longevity like yes. i'm not i'm i know i'm not going to ride to like 50 or 55 like yeah the sort of average career of your jockey yeah. but if i can get to 40 yeah. where i should have got to 30 or 35 Correct. That's yeah. five years or ten years extra that I should have got. Yeah, I might miss out on this one this time. I, might, I, gu- I guarantee you it's coming. But yeah, and, and but if you if you fuck up and put all your eggs in this basket now and go, I want that one this year, and it doesn't come, well then you're not going to have that extra eight yeah. years of your career. And you, and you got to like the it's risk and reward at the same time. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. got to if you if you think it's good enough, you got to have a crack at it. Yeah, but sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes like any yeah. it's it's. It's, crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy sport, yeah. and you just no one really knows. Yeah. Like the, no. the amount of times I could have been on a good horse, or I wasn't on a good horse. Or... And then once again, it is a good horse, but then it's in the hands of a trainer who might stuff something up, yeah. or it kicks its heel going out and cuts its back iron, and it's gone for. Mate, the, the, it gets bit by bit by a spider in the stables. You just just yeah. uh, the, the, the prime the best prime example recently for for my career is. I was half a shot of riding Shaquira and the Millions, who yeah. ended up winning. Like, or, so the long story short, while I had three in it, or three going for it, I was third string, and what basically needed to happen was Ranch Hand to get a run for Huey to ride Ranch Hand, and I would have been on Shaquira. Wow. What happened was, he was first emergency, so no one really scratched no, the Millions, so Huey jumps off Ranch Hand, gets Shaquira, gets Shaquira and... I'm left on the sidelines, which is like I understand it. That's just the way the game played. But I was one horse off riding him, and and it was is, peaking at the right no time. One, no yeah. one, well, no one wanted to ride him because, well, not saying that is I rode him when he first came up here in a good race at Eagle Farm, and I just think he didn't handle the track. Yeah, he ran terrible. He over raced. He yeah. hung, and he just didn't like if that was run lead in the millions, you'd be like he's a hundred to one. He can't. Yes, he can't, that's right. No chance. And well, then, we got twelves, I think. Yeah, and then well, and then he come out and he runs second to a pretty good horse back at the track. Correct. And, and that was, was like, and it was, and it sort of up and down. And then they always like Ranch and he's going to be a hard horse to beat in the JJ coming up and, yeah. and things like that. But they didn't want to be on him, and I like I so happened to pick up the ride so long as yeah. things worked out. But that was in the lap of the gods. We just one yes. horse doesn't accept or whatever it might be, and he gets a run and I'm on him, and, and obviously and he, he proved he was good enough. Yeah, but that's just, that that's just the way racing is. Yeah. And, 
I might have missed out that day, but you keep punching away and I'll get one next year, I'll get yeah. one the year after. Like, it's yeah. coming, I just don't know when. Hey. Could be like Nathan Hindmarsh, mate. Oh. Never get a premiership. <laughs> yeah, I hope. Touch wood. So, um, look, mate, I, I guess you've found that balance and flow, and that's something that um, the listeners and, and people watching out there can find. Um, you know, that harmony, and you've got that formula now, and once you've got that formula, you know, you don't really need to change. You just need to add little things or yeah. tweak little things. And um, you, we've spoke about your prolong. You want to ride till you're 40. What's your main goals? Mate, obviously, I just want to continue having success in town. Okay. It's tough at the moment because I can't get the sort of eight or nine rides every day on a Saturday in there because of my weight. Like, a lot of races sort of rule me out. But if I can go to the race with three or four rides and ride a winner, yeah. and I can be in that top ten in the premiership in town, and yeah. and I'd love to still be with Chris. I'd love to still have success with Chris. He's yeah. always got the good horses up in Queensland, and he's been a phenomenal support for me. Like, yeah. Just the fact that he gives me 10 rides a week that's just crazy like yeah. i didn't think i'd be in that position no. six months ago let alone like no. the way i am now but that's the goal to just turn up every saturday ride a winner do my best and if that leads to being top 10 in the premiership then that's what probably that's where this year is aiming for and then yeah. build next, on that yeah and then maybe next year carnival comes rocking around and instead of being sort of fourth or fifth on that list with those interstate jockeys coming in i might be third yeah, and then and then you're guaranteed sort of a, he's always having two or three runners in those big races. Then you're guaranteed a ride, and yeah. then when you're guaranteed a ride, you've got a shot at it. Yeah, and then you get up on one that's fifty to one in those yeah. big races, and away you go. All right, last thing I guess we want to touch on is, is something that people don't know. I talk about this a lot: is what's pre pre race preparation, especially for a big day or, or a metro meet. Like, do you do you switch on? Do you do form? Do you understand the horses? Do you check the track? Like, what goes through your mind? Like, for me, for a game, I'd I'd zone out. I'd earphones in. I'd picture the game of how I wanted it to play and how I wanted it to turn out. Or even surfing, going for a surfing in some good swell. I'll I'll look at the banks and I'll picture where I want to be and and, and how I want to attack it. Um, how do you attack a, a big day? Like, do you get nervous? Is what's what's the what's it like? The energy in the room, it is, the sheds. Is, is, not, it, is it weird or? It's weird. Like I find it. I don't want to sort of downplay it at all, but we do this day in and day out every yeah, day okay. you know what i mean like don't get me wrong you go to a group one or you go to a big meeting you go and and as soon as you get on track you understand like it's buzzing there's atmosphere yeah. and even and talking about getting nervous yes you do like you walk out for those group one races and it doesn't matter like you're on a dollar 20 shot or you're on a 100 to one shot like yeah. you're all there chasing that group one yeah. glory and yeah the butterflies kick in and for me i find that yeah you talk to owners you do whatever you do for every other race when you've done your form, yeah. you know the horse yeah, backwards, yeah. this, that and the other, you get on its back and I find as soon as I get on its back and I get over its neck and I go to the gates, it's like any other race. You're done. And the you're fact done. that you've done your preparation, you do like, I say to myself, I do this fucking every day, day in and day out. Yeah. I'm good at it, I ride winners. It's just another race. They're yeah. just faster horses. Yeah. That's the only difference. They're just yeah. faster horses. And all your job is to give it the best run possible. Yeah. It's to yeah. not get in its fucking way, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And if you if, if if you can come out and you can settle it and you know, okay, I've got a favour in front of me or I've got a hundred to one shot in front of me. Can I you see to... that as you ride? Do you know? Oh, you do have you know colours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, have, so you do your you form and like, you're going around every day so you know who's on what or especially those big races. Like you, you watch those big races coming from Sydney and that, like you know if you've got a humidor in front of you or if you've got yeah. an egg white on front okay, of you or whatever yeah. it might be. And like there's a big difference between having 
those horses in front of yeah. you that you know might take him in the race than having something that's it's gonna stop. This thing's like, gonna stop. Got beaten in a listed race by 30 lengths last turn. Yeah. Now all of a sudden they're stepping up to a group one and yeah. you're and like, it's well, leading. it's going, yeah, it's yeah. going backwards at the half mile and yeah. the last thing you want to do is be up its bum. Like, yeah. So yeah. you've got to do your form because you've got to know, like first you've got to know the pace, like how quick they're going, that's your biggest thing. And then you've yeah. got to know what's around you. Like if you've got the favorite inside you. And you don't have no stopwatch when you do it. I, I, I can see, I love it because I watch the sectionals up on TV. I go, oh fuck, they're going to be too quick here. You're, do you have a song or, or something in your head that you know that's a two hundred, that's a thing, or how do you get into that rhythm? I or think you just, just know. If you okay. know what I mean, like yeah. it's just you do it enough, you just know, and that's probably. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. As Very like young. people ask, what makes a good job? I think that's the biggest thing is knowing how quick they're going. Correct. Because it's like, imagine getting in your car, no speedometer. No fuel gauge, no nothing, and, and then go for a drive. And police radar, yeah, police radar right everywhere, and then you've got to like you not get fined. Like, how, like yeah. your, big, your biggest thing is how fast you're going, and then second thing, when am I running out of petrol? Yeah, like yeah. So that's what, it, and that comes down to knowing knowing your horse at the same time, like what it likes. Does it like to settle worse than midfield and have a storming run on, and hopefully you hope you get a bit of a quick pace so yeah. I can do that. But then again, if you're back there and they're walking, you know you can't wait till the 400 to no. make a move because the leaders are off and gone, you're never gonna catch yeah, it. Correct. So, And then you add in different tracks. You gotta know tracks, you gotta know the highs and rises. Like you're riding at Eagle Farm or Sunny Coast, big difference to riding at Kilcoy or Bow Desert. Yeah. Like, they're off and gone before they get into the first turn at Bow yeah. Desert, whereas you can sit all day at Eagle Farm, yeah. it's such a long straight. So correct. 100% and you gotta know fast lanes, you gotta know, like it's... it's the, People who don't know think you just get on and the horse does all the work. Which, One trick pony, he yeah, goes around and, and in and theory, yeah, they do all the running, but like, you've yeah. got to put them in the right lane, you've got to know, like, they got a mind of their own, they might go out and go 100 miles an hour and they're like, run into a hole with 400 to go, yeah. so you've got to be able to hold them up, you've got to be able to do this, you've got to be able to do that. There's a million things that make, uh, like, yeah. up to, like, and you're, you're game millimetres, yeah, so. That's exactly, oh. You yeah. go in instead of out and it costs you an inch, you lose by an inch, oh. you run second. Yeah, that's right. Mate, um, it's been sensational. It's sensational to get to know what goes in behind the scenes. Uh, I want to come back. I want to come back and do this again in six months, in, in a year, and see where we're at. Um, I'd love to, mate. I'd absolutely yeah, love to. Yeah, be but So for everyone out there, you can uh, sort of get across and keep following Lukey's career as he grows. His social medias are... Uh, it's Dipman23 on Insta and uh, Twitter, and yeah, just looked at it on Facebook. Do you spray so. some people on Twitter? Are you going to respond? If it's funny enough, I'll respond. Yeah. I'm not a big, like, if you respond to one, you respond to others. Like, I remember, yeah. I, I, I probably haven't, I remember one time a bloke absolutely hammered me, like, completely hammered me, and it was one of the better sprays I've got on Twitter. Yeah. And I just replied, I was like, just out of curiosity, what have you done? And he actually, I was expecting a smart-ass answer or, or an informed answer, and he actually wrote back to me the next day, and he was like, mate, I've done a hundred or something, and I bombed you, <laughs> and it was really not your fault, I don't yeah. apologize. And, and it was just... It wasn't yeah. the response, like, I was expecting him to say, oh, you should have been here, and I've been like, moron, this was the go, like, I couldn't have been here because this would have yeah. happened, like, if I went back, this would have happened, and he actually went, I watched the replay, I was wrong for giving you a bait, there's yeah, nothing I'll you could have done, and it was... Yeah. So keep it, keep it light, keep it entertaining, and Lukey will respond on, on your Twitters, but like I said, um, you've stepped up your game on there as well, you can see all these upcoming rides, he's uh, on his story, um, and whatnot, and, you know, really jumping behind this bloke, because I think over the next two, three years up here, if you, if you can keep getting those rides, and like you said, keep progressing, mate, you know, you tick those boxes and we'll have one big night when you get that oh, next premiership. that's a plan, you better be there. Ben, Cheers. My man, thank you. Thank you.
Wow, that was the Any Given Chance podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, if you want to see some more action, head over to our socials and give us a like, share, and subscribe. We're on YouTube at the Any Given Chance podcast and on Instagram and TikTok at Any Given Chance. And if you can hit share and subscribe, much appreciated as we grow. Plus, we're always looking for new guests. So if you know someone in the midst of a battling, good little bit of adversity or someone who's been successful, message us direct. We always check out inbox. And of course, if you want to check out old episodes, repurposed ones, you can jump over to our website, which is anygivenchancepodcast.org. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm your host, 3AM365, Matty Menion. No days off, no excuses, and I can't wait to catch you on the next one.